Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. T6FM. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It was like being up in Croke Park and Cork winning the All-Ireland for me. The massive problem we have in this country is the shadow economy, the black market. Everything can be controlled, and that's the job of the government. I just wanted to give back. We're all going to be old someday. It's nice to know that there's someone looking out for you. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P. I know people love the Super Bowl. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I can't, I can't for the life of me see the attraction. Although my daughter summed up for me on Saturday. We were watching. She was at work before Dublin. I was kind of feeding her scores and then she managed to get it on a computer and watch it work so she was happy out but we were watching the rugby on Saturday and then of course all this buzz about the Super Bowl and this that and the other and she said you know what lads she said, our dad she said none of them fellas would stand up to Cale and Doris or Tyg Borden they'd be eaten up and thrown to the sideline look at all their pads and I thought yeah I kind of figured the same myself but look if it's your thing it's your thing I know Pierce McCarthy from the newsroom was up until stupid o'clock this morning watching it and so were a lot of other people so if you enjoyed it good for you good morning happy Monday if there is such a thing 0818 96 96 96 the number of the text and whatsapp is 083 396 96 the email opinion at 96fm.ie more scams have come to light I'm talking to someone shortly who got scammed or very nearly scammed uh, recently and I'm going through the list of gather stations there's a story in all the papers this morning about the number of gather stations up and down the country that don't have a guard now so you got a station with no guard assigned to us we've got a couple of them in Cork and loads of big stations major stations in Cork seen huge reductions in the numbers of guards actually at the desk and it proves statistically something we've been saying here on the opinion line for God damn near seven or eight years now that there just aren't enough guards in Cork and yes there are many 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 guards recruited every year but the same number or more seem to retire or just quit I get to those numbers uh, throughout the course of the morning but it's nice to start a Monday with a bit of good news and we love to take something on here in this program and if we can do it We'll follow it up. And we always say we'll make no promises. We're not politicians. Making promises is their jobs. But sometimes we can kind of get stuck in. 
with the politicians and sometimes uh, you get a result. We first heard uh, from Andy Chambers back in the back end of January. Andy was in Cork at the time visiting with friends. He was down in Clannacilty and he was telling us about his partner, Cian, and their efforts to get Cian to Ireland to be with Andy. Andy has motor neuron disease and he's very fearful because of the progression of that horrible, horrible illness. He's very fearful that he won't actually see the end of 2023. He met Cian uh, quite a number of years ago and he was travelling. Cian's from Laos or Laos. And when I spoke to Andy, they were trying to get him over here. They were trying to get a visa for him to come over here since middle of last year or autumn of last year. We then took that interview, sent it on to the office of Michal Martin, Minister of Foreign Affairs. We also sent it to the Minister for Justice, Simon Harris. We got contacted by Sinn Féin TD Donna He pushed it up the line at his end. And we said, after talking to Andy and listening to the response and, and just, just how lovely, lovely guys these seem to be, we said we weren't going to let it go. We're not letting this go. And we kept pushing the door. Any news, any news, any news, any news. On the 1st of February, Andy contacted me privately to tell me that Cian's visa had been granted, which was absolutely delighted, delight, uh, delighted to hear it. And he then was literally going on his computer at that point to book him a flight. And last Wednesday, I got sent a beautiful photograph of the two lads, uh, Cian pushing Andy's wheelchair after landing in Dublin. It was a lovely end to what had been a very stressful period of time for them both. And it's from Dublin uh, that Andy and Cian join me now. Lads, it's fantastic to finally have you both here to talk to me. Cian, to you first, because Andy has told us so much about you. Welcome to Ireland. How does it feel to be here? Yeah, it's very nice for me. <laughs> and I'm so happy. Wrong time we, we tried. It was very difficult. Andy, how did it feel when he stepped off that plane the other morning? Very, very emotional and, and very, very surprising as well. Um, I knew he was on the flight to Dublin. I thought he was going to drop me a text um, when he landed, but he was out very quickly and suddenly just appeared in in arrivals. Um, it, it, it's amazing having him here. It's, it's life-changing to have him around just, you know, to, yeah. to spend time with me as well. It's also very emotional as well, you know, like... I suppose I've been dreaming about this for a long time um, hoping that we'd be able to do lots of stuff together but the reality is when he's over here now there's lots of stuff we won't be able to do you know I'm, I'm, I'm very limited but look it just right. it's hard to put into words what it means to have him here you know I'm sure it is it all happened quite quickly in the end we didn't really get a chance to talk about that do you want to talk me through it? Well I suppose when I say quite quickly, um, back in September last year, I reached out to a number of politicians to ask for some help. That's when it started for me. So it was a number of months going past, go, going along. So I, you know, appreciate it seems very fast. The last couple of weeks again, I went online to the interviews and all that kind of stuff. But I was for the number of weeks and months beyond, before that, I was kind of chasing and and phone up, you know, and, and chasing up with people as well to to to, to try and get the visa for seeing. Um, obviously my case condition has deteriorated over those number of number of months as well. I would have preferred that, you know, had I gone to visit scene in yeah. November that he would have flown home with me, you know, in December and spent Christmas here and, you know, and just spent those number of weeks here as well. You know, I can guess it before. Yeah. I don't know how much time I have left and, 
every day, every hour, you know, means so much to me. And I've already lost a good few of them with seeing. So, how are you since we first talked? I know you said at the time you were you were frightened by the progression of the disease. How are you now? Uh, mixed emotion. Like I'm obviously, you know, of the moon to have seen here as well, but um, kind of brings into sharp contrast how much time I have left. Um, I don't know. I feel very tired these days. You know, um, it's hard to know whether my arms are affected or not. Everything seems a little more difficult every day. I know. Getting in and out of the bed, getting in and out of the wheelchair, getting in out of the car, all that kind of stuff. You know, um, it, 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 it's hard to know. That, you know, um, it's progressive. I definitely feel much more tired. Yeah. And things are much more difficult. See, and I know that you have a business back home. Um, I've seen it on your Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you closed that business now to be here with Andy for a while, or what is happening? No, I have some uh, my family uh, look look for me. Good, good. Yeah. You love this guy very much, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel when you got off the plane and you saw him there? Makes my feeling happy, happy every time I want to see him. Yeah. I know that you're going to try and do a lot of things together. Have you got? Have you, do you have plans, Andrew? Have you? Are there things you've you've put together that you want to try and do? Um, well, seeing that's been looking after me very well since since he arrived. He cooked me lovely Thai foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna catch up and meet up with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to go and do a bit of travelling as well. Some friends have offered. Obviously, I'm limited in what I can do. Sure. Friends have offered to drive me and seeing around to do some stuff. Maybe they're in Kerry as well and go and see Mayo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to town. Uh, to meet some friends for for lunch, or sorry, cousins for lunch today, and then meet some friends for takeaway this evening. That, that, that's kind of it for the moment. I would like to, there's lots of I would like to show them. I think we might try Grogan's for a pint today in town. Yeah. Um, just, you know, stuff probably, probably lots of people would just take for granted as well. Um, we, we, I was going to bring him to the storehouse yesterday again, the stores, but he wants to just stay in and relax and spend time together. So probably do some stuff like that during the week as well. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. How are you going to spend it, Andy? Um, well, I suppose I, I think I mentioned before, like I just want to do all the, the normal of lots of couples say for granted. So I booked dinner in the old spot in Dublin. It's a nice place. I checked it was wheelchair friendly. They have a wheelchair child as well. They have proper seating as well. So um, two friends got married there. Uh, they were after there a few years ago and, and it's really, really nice. So that's what we're going to do. Um, probably just a, a drink before on the meal and then then, then home. Another uh, dancing on the tiles uh, Valentine's night. But a lovely to spend that with the person I love. And seeing it's going to mean an awful lot to spend Valentine's Day with Andy, isn't it? Oh, I'm, I, I want that to look with him. Yeah. I'm so thrilled for you both. Before you go, PJ, and I, I know I keep saying this up, but I would like to just say thank you so much for all your help. You know, definitely seeing wouldn't be here if you hadn't been pushing as hard as you had. So we both really, really appreciate it. Okay. Mm. It's been a pleasure to help two lovely fellas like yourself. It's been an absolute pleasure. And and if you do manage to get to Cork over the next while, the invitation still stands. If all we do is go for a pint and get a photograph, I'd love to do that. Thanks very much, PJ. All right, guys, thank you. And uh, Cian, welcome again, and it's great to meet you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Uh, there's an old saying from the A-team. Do you remember the A-team? Don the telly? And on the movies, yeah, I love it when a plan comes together. Let me show you what it's all about. Shaking it up.
Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. On the air in the afternoons, be with me. I'm playing heaps of those Dermot songs to help you get on the plane to Vegas. Oh, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm brilliant. Making sure you got the best soundtrack while you're at work. We actually bought a radio just to listen to you because we were up in the storeroom and we no music. And we share our honest opinions on things like Love Island. Oh, Love Island, stop. No. Band, band. When you've got the radio on in the afternoon, make sure you're with me here. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With Clonacal Tea Veggie Sausages, a taste you love, made with fresh vegetables. On Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. 0818969696. Your next chance to go to see Dermot Kennedy live at Vegas or in Vegas, we will play the song of the day between 11 and 12. You're listening out for this. So kiss me the way that you would if we died tonight. All right, we will play that between 11 and 12 today. That's your chance. When you hear the song, you text to WhatsApp 083 396 We'll bring you on. we ask you a simple question. If you get the question right, you're into the draw. It starts today. Runs for a couple of weeks, going to have some fun with that. 83 396 the text or WhatsApp. But if you want to join the conversation by way of voice message, you can do it there too. Kate says, how lovely this has happened for the lads in time for Valentine's Day. Isn't it just? Isn't it just fantastic? On monthly income, did I hear that average rent right? What's the average monthly net income? How the hell are people expected to save for the housing market? I feel so sorry for the generation behind ours, the 20s to 35s. You're not wrong. Now, on Friday, I was talking to Breda, and she said she'd come back to us when it's all sorted, and she's hopeful that it will be. But Breda got a text message, supposedly from the HSE, telling her she'd been in close contact of a confirmed case of COVID and that she needed to get some antigen tests sent out to her. And if she clicked on the link and paid 3 95 then they'd send out the antigen tests. They would in me nana. All they did was take 13 grand off her overnight um, through a very sophisticated scam. Now, her bank picked up on it and her bank are dealing with it and she's very, very hopeful she'll get all her money back. But this scam has been going for for quite a number of weeks and now that tests, and I only discovered this Friday, now that the tests aren't actually free anymore from the HSE, it it complicates matters. Typical of everything in this country, it complicates matters. But Fanula, you had your own experience. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good, what happened to you? Um, A few weeks ago, Thursday about 3 o'clock, I was putting my phone on silent Yes. and the text came through. And one, it stated I was a positive contact. Two, as you said, the antigen tests were now obsolete. I needed a new one. And three, it did, did state I had the vaccine and I had a booster, but I was still a risk. Okay. Very yeah. convincing. Very convincing so, because most people have had a vaccine and most people have had a booster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I started to fill in the form but I had left my diary at home, so I didn't have the air code. I see. 
I never remember it. And he showed it to a colleague of mine, and she said, go. I said, go. (laughs) Goodbye. And I walked to the park and ride. I was afraid to get on the bus. And then I started thinking, who was I close contact with? Two, it's Thursday afternoon, and I won't get it till Monday, and I won't get a result for another few days. So I thought, I live in Passage, so I was passing the chemist. And I said, I'll buy one. Mm -hmm. I popped in, and it was the girl in the chemist. She's fantastic. She said to me, that's a scam. And I thought, I don't believe it. I was totally taken in. Yeah. I rang everybody and lots of people, most people said to me, oh my God, you know, I'll ring so-and-so and so-and-so. Few said, oh well, you know, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but anyway... Um, but no, well, not, I'm not supposed to do what, Fanula? Uh, stealing uh, your bank details. Oh, right, okay. Right. <laughs> But, but, like, but like you said, it was very convincing. It was so convincing. And I'd have filled it in, except I didn't have the air cut. I see, yeah. And uh, one young girl just said to me, this is so cruel. She said, it is playing on vulnerable people. And yeah. that's exactly what your caller said on Friday. That's right. Breda's mom is in hospital and she was very worried that, crikey, mm. I could transmit it to mom, you know. And like, that's... Those, Playing on you're like playing on the normal fears of people. Well, this young girl said to me, "My father is on chemo. My sister's not well, and I cannot bring COVID home." Yes. Yeah. So I I had a near miss or a good escape. Yeah, yeah. So you just did you do a test anyway, just in case? <laughs> I did. Touch my. Um, well, my colleague and I were both did contact tracing. As volunteers, and I, t- I took COVID very seriously. Yes, sure, sure. Mm. But I was totally taken in. Yeah, we, we, it visited our house briefly last summer. Uh, the damn thing did, and uh, I have still like because there was three of us all tested positive in the space of a couple of days, and they send you out enough te- enough tests to open a small shop yourself at the time. So they're all well and truly in date. Like, this nonsense about obsolete is ridiculous. Like, but, but you know something? I was standing in a corridor and I thought, oh my God. I know. And I was, as I say, if I had my diary, I'd have filled in the air coat. I'd I have know. done it. I know. And you'd have gone on and probably given bank details, would you? Oh, I would. Yeah. For two, mine was two eighty five. They've gone up in price since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a thing you see. They do tell us that our banks or nobody, HSC or nobody, will ask for bank details. But you see, we do so much, and this I'm always saying this. We do so much now online. We do so much oh. through our phones that an awful lot of our devices. I know mine do. Certainly, my my laptop has has my bank details pre-programmed oh, yeah. into it. I just need to yeah. click on a button, and they're in. Yeah. And it's probably on my phone as well if I went looking for it. So it's very dangerous. But it, was, it really brought it home to me. Um, when you're, that lady was talking the other day Rita. about her bank being totally scammed. Yes. Um, because I was nearly. Yeah. I know. 
were nearly caught. You were nearly caught. <laughs> oh, but I was totally taken in. Yeah. yeah. So, and just the, the fact... Was, was there a QR there, code involved? Somewhere? There was. Um, I, I vaguely remember it now because I deleted it straight away once I went to the chemist. Yes. And I know so little about those. But it seemed to have, you know, one of those... Because I had them on my phone anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the QR code would bring you to where it wanted you to be. And of course, again, you're thinking, oh, that's very legitimate because I've gone, I've gone for a bite to eat. I've taken the QR code off the table and I've ordered my dinner that way. Possibly, but mm. they were on the text as well, and that's what kind of convinced me yeah. that I had had vaccine and booster, which I had. There you go, Fanula, because the the certs that we had to carry for a while and the things yeah. we had to carry on our phone, they were QR codes. You see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know absolutely nothing about them. Yeah, someone wants to know: Did you get a letter from the HSE about the hack, the data hack? No, you didn't. No, because some, no. some people are, 113,000 people have gotten letters from the HSE in the last while saying that yeah. when the cyber attack happened, the HSE last year, that their mm-hmm. data was among the one, among the, the data taken. Well, that's what I was thinking afterwards, and I did try to ring a number in the HSE, but didn't get very far. So you were wondering, did they get your data that way? Yeah. It crossed my mind. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Mm. And then yourself, there was a guy, he was, I think he was Italian living in Cork, and he brought it to people's attention a while back. He was on, on 96. I think I know who you're talking about. Yes, yeah. I think you know who yeah. you're. I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, another guy picked up on a scam. They're out there. There's an awful lot of them out there. You're lucky, you you, because you didn't know your air quote offhand. Otherwise, you we could be having a totally different conversation here, Fanula. I, well, I wouldn't have had that much money in my account. But I'm you'd have had even less if we if you had your hair code. Put it that way. I used to leave my bottle of milk. <laughs> All right, listen, have a good day. Mind yourself. Thank you, Fanula. 0818969696. Hearing a lot, too, about these QR codes. They're everywhere now. Remember during COVID when we went back into the pubs and the restaurants and we all had to sit down? Remember that? Only all seated. Could barely get up to go to the toilet. And all the ordering was done from a QR code, which we scanned. So the scammers are onto that now as well. Don't ever scan a QR code in the street whatever you do. And you'll see them on bus shelters and you'll see them on poles and you see them here, there. This QR code, don't ever scan a QR code in the street. Even if it's on a very legitimate looking poster because there's a, there's a way they have of putting another QR code in, within a QR It's just ridiculous. Just stay away from the damn things. Don't, don't go near them. They're dangerous unless they're an official one. And you see, again, people, for, for some people... That was the first QR code they'd ever used in their lives. The one they got on their COVID search. They didn't know what it was. They said, oh, that's a QR code and it's on my phone and it's on my piece of paper or whatever I have. And it gets scanned when I go into the pub and that lets them know I'm vaccinated. And look, hopefully we'll never go back to those days. But people think that that was legitimate. Scammers, anything that starts out its life legitimately, scammers will get onto it. Fanula escaped because she didn't know her air code. Poor Breda got caught rotten last week, but hopefully we'll get her money back. 
just if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't look right, it's probably not right. I told you what happened to me about the bank text, though. And they do that. And a little bit of investigation. They actually do that. And I remember when I rang them to get my problem sorted out. Very minor problem. I had nothing taken or anything. But they said, yeah, we actually do sometimes. And I kind of said, well, you need to look for a better way of doing that because... There's so many scams going around that involve a text from your bank, and yet your bank does text you. So the one bit of advice I got from this, and, you know, some people in customer service at the moment have completely forgotten the job, but some people are brilliant. And the girl I got at the bank the day I rang was fantastic. And she said, look, one key element. When we text you, there will never be a link in it. We will never ask you anything for it. We will only ever ask you to call us, or we will ask you to put in a code a code that we give you. Um, it, it, I don't know. 0818 96 96 96. Look at that. 113,000 people now have gotten letters from the HSE that their data was affected by the cyber attack and whatever happened to it. And you see, the, the MTU story is getting bigger and bigger by the day because their data that was hacked or attacked in the cyber attack last week. That's on the dark web now. You don't know what they have. You don't know what they have, but they've got it, and they're looking for a ransom to get it back. Oh, what a world we live in! My wife often says to me, "Do you know what, Paige? None of this would be happening if we stuck with pencil and paper." And in between rolling my eyes, I say, "You know what? Maybe she has a point." That list of Garda stations around the country that has no full-time Garda. I went looking into the various newspaper stories this morning to try to get a list, and there's 42 stations in the country now that don't have any full-time guard attached to them, and uh, five of them are in Cork. One of them last year, uh, Glengariff, was the last one to lose its permanent Garda. But there's a more interesting figure than that in the survey. The number, the reduction in numbers at major Garda stations over the last 10 years is actually very serious. If you look at the Bridewell, probably the busiest Garda station in Cork, if not in Munster, the Bridewell, their numbers are down 30% since 2013. These are official figures published by the department. Black Rock Garda station, the one down there in Mahan, the big one down there, another busy station, that's down 45% in its numbers over the last 10 years. Bishopstown Station, not one I'm particularly familiar with, but in its day it would have been very busy. That's down 43% over 10 years. And Watercourse Road, another very busy Garda station there in the heart of Blackpool. Very busy Garda station. I remember being down there years ago for the official opening of an extension to it. And they're down 33% in the last 10 years. One or two divisions in Cork are up, but only up 1% in their overall numbers. But the numbers, like we have a huge shortage of guards. And they tell us every so often, oh, there's 200 here and there's 100 and something there coming out of Templemore, coming out of the, the depot. And that's great. That's great. But we always ask the same question. Okay, so we get 200 coming out, 200 newbies coming out. How many are retiring this year and how many are resigning this year? What you end up is your 200 ends up being down to a net figure of 
a lot less. 0818 96 96 96. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas, May 19th. So kiss me the way. Win your way there with Cork's 96 FM. Paradise. It's just the most beautiful sport from home, so thank you so much. Return flights. Five nights in Vegas. Spending money. And tickets to see. Dermot Kennedy. We used to be dead. Listen to Cork's 96FM weekdays for the hits of Dermot Kennedy. Every time they play, text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Once upon a time, I was something to someone. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Stay listening to see him for free. Thank you for the support this music. Only on Cork's 96FM. Call us now. 0818969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Kevin says the only way to stop this fraud is for the HSE and others to revert back to asking for payment by letter. Anything else is a fudge. You see, Kev, I'd, I'd agree with you, but I kind of wouldn't either. Why should the rest of the world go back to using an old-fashioned system when we're all moving forward, doing everything else? There's got to be a better way, but I do take your point. I do take your point. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. What about Douglas Garda Station, says Maeve? Apparently they do have people inside there working, but to make some things so much easier if they're actually even open for an hour or two every couple of days. So, C103 so Douglas, So Douglas doesn't feature on that list with no guards, but it's not properly operating in my view either. Yeah, Douglas, just if I know it well, I drive past it many times a day. I was there at the opening of it, and if you saw the facilities that are in behind the door there and in around the back of the place and up and down the stairs, its facilities the FBI would be would be jealous of or envious of at the time. And you're right, trying to even get a passport signed or something like that in Douglas Garda Station or something small done in Douglas Garda Station. Is there ever anybody that's a very good point, Maeve. Thanks for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And there's other Garda stations like it. I mean does anybody know do you know the opening hours of your own local Garda station? As in, not so much the opening hours, not even when there's a cop in there doing some work. Not that. But when they're actually open, that you can go up to the public desk and actually see a guard in your own local Garda station. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Orla Winters, um, I've never bought anything from, from Shein because, well, A, I'm a fella and I don't think they do men's clothes, but also I don't think they'd fit me. And I've no interest in it. But you have been campaigning to get people to stop buying from Shein. Is it is it Shein or Shine or whatever they call it in any of these places? Or is it just this one in particular? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. I, I reckon I'm going to need Garda protection now for some... For I'll be looking for a Garda station to be opened because it's going to be an unpopular opinion. Just don't lend me on the steps of the court. That's all I said. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, I, I've kind of been actively campaigning for people to stop buying from Sheen for a number of reasons. There is an incredible um, program that was produced called Behind the Sheen Machine. And what it is, is that it highlights the abomination of human rights that Sheen are actively using. There is the working conditions of the, the people working in the factories. They get as low as two cents per garment. And they now, work up just one thing, or is this is this a bit like Wish.com, or is it different? 
it, yeah, it would be a similar, similar, all Chinese, um, Chinese owned. So as a result, they, you know, historically and even today, the Chinese, they dance to the beat of their own drum. They ignore what, um, you know, they, they don't enforce the fines that other countries do for unethically produced items, be clothing or other. Um, I'd like to think that the likes of your Apple and your Zara and your H&M, that these people, because of uh, because of the highlighting of the the bad working conditions, that they have stopped doing it. But in actual fact, I think an awful lot of it had to do with bad publicity and the huge fines that is enforced upon them. Yeah. But Sheen just refused point blank. They are, you know, the, the, for so many reasons that, you know, fast fashion is something I, do, I don't know, um, PJ, if you're familiar with fast fashion. Basically, oh, very much so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's what it's doing alone to our environment um, is is nuts, you know, that we're buying clothes and dumping them mm. and we're leading to our environmental issues. But also the amount of lead in the garments coming from Sheen and then these are going to the expectant mothers, the um, babies, children, and lead has a horrific effect on people. Yeah. But it's the, just, the clothes are unbelievable. The, the clothes make pennies look dear. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, and we're, we're what we're doing is we're enforcing people into poverty and we're keeping people in poverty. And what I suppose what annoys me the most is that we can't talk out of both sides of our mouth. We can't, on one hand, say we're all about you know, you know, when campaigns come on like you know Black Lives Matters and you know for keeping um, and you know doing our best to, for women's rights and children's rights on one hand and then by absolute crap from Sheen which is enforcing these people like who says that our hands and our lives are more important than the people who make these clothes mm. and that's that's my issue you know um historically I've been to China a number of times and the company that I worked for at the time I used to visit the factories just to in, in make sure that they you know were paid a decent wage and that they were there was no children's you know there was no child labor mm. The truth of it was that I remember driving into one remote factory and all you saw underneath one of the buildings were children's eyes. They were they were told to hide because there was buyers coming to the factories. Mm. So we need to do we need to do more. These people live in such such poverty. Oh, they do. You know, two two cents per garment, eighteen hours a day, one month one day off a month, and if they make a mistake, two thirds of their daily wage is then taken from them. And this is all factual. This is all. This is not, you know, me spouting off. Oh, no, no. I've, I've, I've watched enough documentaries and yeah. read enough articles. And, yeah. you know, a colleague of mine once travelled out to Cambodia to see for herself what was going on yeah. with, with these things. Um, so the garment industry, and I remember being in India, and we were located very close to a, a garment factory. And the daily wage was something like four bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember and, saying, yeah. I remember saying to a local activist that we were there. With, I said, "But surely these places, like that's ridiculous. This needs to be closed down. That's that's child labour. That's that." And I said all the usual things that you and I would say. Do you know what the answer I got was? I can imagine. Yeah. If they close There's it down, where will I get my four books? Exactly. Yeah. That's and the that's, problem you've got, Orla. But you see, and that's where you know the likes of your UNICEF and your Amnesty International are doing incredible work is to give them and to enforce the governments. And in fairness, an awful lot of countries are now um, actively doing something about it, except China, that they're, you know, to a living wage. 
Yes. That they can live on this, you know, that to raise the cost of living, but to raise the living wage above the cost of living, you know, and I, and I know that one of the arguments is going to be we ourselves, we're living in hard times and that's all people can afford, mm. you know, and I, and I completely and utterly understand that our own cost of living, but, you know, we have to do better, you know, we have to research and we have to ethically source our clothes, you know, what I would love if the education board would come on you know, that the education, um, our education uh, system will come on board, show these documentaries, educate kids when, before they start buying their own clothes. You know, I like, because right now, you know, we're, everything is so easy to access. You download the app, and I know that during lockdown, um, Sheen absolutely grew yeah. so, so much as a result of people shopping from home and online. But look, at, we, we can see the devastation that that's happening throughout our country, you know, the amount of independent retailers that are shutting down because they can't compete. So, you know, it, it's all one big roundabout. And then when what really drove me to distraction, and I won't lie, there was a few expletives let out. I'm reading, when, I'm reading your Instagram. You, yeah. You, you, I, I'd yeah, hate to I, see the ones I, you, I, if they're the ones you left in, I'd hate to see the ones you left out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would be, I would be. Um, You're cross. For, I'm cross because it's just so wrong on, on so many, it's wrong on so many levels, PJ. But then to see, you know, a well-known magazine who in a couple of weeks will have, and they, the nominations were announced yesterday, you know, for all of these glitterati of Ireland that they're going to attend this big night in Dublin, you know, and they all want to be the blogger of the year, or the influencer of the year. They all want to be the hairdresser of the year. They all want to be, you know, the makeup artist of the year, the best dressed and it's sponsored by Sheen. Like that's, there's, it's so, it's wrong on so, so many levels. You know, will they be wearing Sheen? Absolutely not. They'll probably get their dresses sponsored from, you know, big department stores or designers. But yes, they're going to sit down. Sponsored and by meal. Sheen. Does that mean Sheen have an Irish outlet or? Yes. You know, they, have, they have a an Irish website, the Sheen Ireland. Right. But it, it's just that these people are going to sit down and eat and probably one mouthful is what that person in Sheen was paid that day. One mouthful of this glamorous meal that they're going to have. And it's just wrong. We, and yet this very same magazine, and uh, I'm not going to name anyone, you know, I'll, I'll keep you off the court steps. You, you've, 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 you've mentioned it on your Instagram, and I've if people want to go for the Instagram, they'll find yeah. it, but we're not going to yeah. talk about it here. Yeah, we're, yeah I'm not going to, I'm very, I'm very conscious of that. But that, you know, it, it's just that they're also like they will talk about human rights and women's rights and and then they're 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 having someone like Sheen sponsored their big night mm. it's it's it just doesn't sit well with me and then uh, the other day I saw that Sheen are sponsoring a one of the big sorry I'll just go back a step one of the big things with Sheen also is that they steal um and look at I'm not again this is not my words that they steal um designers um, um, designs that they, they they copy their designs, yeah. which then they announced that they're offering a ten thousand euro um, award for young designers to get involved. And I was like, oh, should they copy that design in a few years? You're, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Well, and, in I, fairness, Orla, that's been and I notice here as well. They've got pop up shops, um, Dublin. Yeah. They've won in Dublin, they and, won in and Dublin, yeah, plans for one in Cork that. as well. But 
but in, in terms of designs being copied, like that's as old as the that, industry. That, absolutely, that's as old as the industry. You know, I mean, something well, I, that you yeah, walk down the street. I get we won't name names. I walk down Patrick Street here. Walk into a, a, a well-known German gentleman's outfitters, shall we say, and I'll see yeah. a pair of trousers or a shirt, and I'll think to myself. All right, that's lovely now, but give it give it six weeks. It'll be somewhere else for half the It'll price. Be somewhere else, absolutely. And it, there's not there's there's very little that they can do about that. You know, that make a, a slight change. But it's the way then that these designs are made. It's the way that you have your um, your sheen um, your sheen designs made, and the and the cost of the sheen design. It's just that that's when it's it's very very wrong. Mm. That you know, this person may have put months and months designing something and then that it's created for less than a euro. One thing I know it's popular for because I know young women who've done it is that they look at the Sheen website or any other one but we're focusing on Sheen today. They're looking at the Sheen website for something like a Debs and they're thinking okay that's gorgeous I'm going to wear it once it's going to get covered in mud I can put it in the bin the next day. I'm not going to go out and pay a couple of hundred quid for a a Debs dress when I can get that for 30 or 35. That's that's what's going to happen. That's what's happening. And you, you can't blame happening. people for thinking that way. Oh, and, and that's what I'm saying. And, and, I, and I guess that it is that the, we are living in hard times. But what I'm appealing to the better nature of people and saying, what says that, that our hands are, are that your children's hands are more important and more valuable than the people creating these clothes? They're not. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not. And, and I, I think that that's where. You know, we have to have some ethics and morals when it comes to this. It is for a number of reasons. What you know, what it's doing to our planet, and I don't want to come across all hippy dippy. No, no, and you're, you're not. You're you're not, and I'm enjoying the conversation because if you were hippy dippy, I tell you. But yeah. what I mean is, in in terms of people buying stuff and and young people buying, the cost of living is so high now. It's so high. It's that's, very that's hard to like take someone trying to buy some t-shirts for their children or some jeans for themselves or whatever they go and they look at this website and they think I can get 10 t-shirts there for, for, for 20 euros it'll keep the kids going for, for months I go into town I guess a half of them for twice the price and I yes. still will have no bread and cheese on Friday yes. this is the decision I, that, people I, are yes. making 100% and, I, that, and that is something but I just think if we can get more involved with recycling our clothing you know um, I had reason to visit the St. Vincent de Paul shop here in Kerry um, on what day was Thursday or Friday, and I was just astounded at the quality oh, of yeah. things, you know. And I asked the girl, I said, I said, I said, what's why, you know? I said, God, I said, it's a long way since it's come a long way, and she said, people are getting more conscious of doing wardrobe clearouts, and she said, and, and it's great, she said, and we are benefiting, it. and she said, and the circle is that then people like the St. Vincent de Paul who do help. Irish people in poverty that they then have got mm-hmm. money to to help them. So you know it, it's a it's a circle. Yes. You know that you know when you're doing your wardrobe clear out, if you have things, bring them to your local charity shop. But but I also think you know look at the Depop shops. You know and that's exactly things like your what you spoke about the Deb stress. The Depop it's a it's an app. It's a it's a reselling. I yeah, I've seen like it. Yeah. It's, yeah, like a second hand car website. You know. You know, it's um, funny though, we'll buy a second hand car, but we won't yes. buy a second hand suit or a second hand jacket. But we're getting better. Now, I have to say, men are much further behind when it comes to buying second hand than women. Are but they? We are getting better. Oh, 100%, yeah. 
a mm. guy would look at you and go second hand really whereas a, yeah whereas a girl would go pre-loved they would, would yeah, pre- it, yeah. pre-loved mind you I've seen some fabulous jackets for example in, in charity shops I go to charity shops to buy books that's that's what I go yeah. to charity shops for yeah. to buy books and I see some fabulous jackets and I remember picking up a, a gorgeous leather jacket read this really, really expensive leather picking it up and putting it on thinking god if it was only an extra two inches across the shoulder do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. So I, I I don't understand why you wouldn't buy something secondhand if it's nice or pre-loved. Yeah. And it is, it is getting better. It's certainly certainly improving from it was the way it was pre-pandemic. You know, I think the, you know sitting at home for the guts of two years certainly woke us up to a lot of things. Mm. But what I would, um, PJ, is to implore your listeners to go on YouTube, to go on the All Four app and look at behind the sheen machine mm. and look at the conditions. They, these predominantly women are working with no in, in buildings with no fire exits, yeah. with the fumes, they're inhaling the fumes, and they've barred up windows. They're literally working in jails, and we are contributing to this by yeah. buying the crap that we're buying from Can, can I just read you one, one, one comment before, before I leave you go, Orla? Yeah. My friend comes from a developing country. This came in on the phone. They look at these things differently. They're afraid of poverty, of having no future, because once you're poor in a country like that, it never ends. It's a spiral. There's no welfare state. So there's two sides to it. Even a bad job is better than living in a slum. On the other hand, if you need something cheap, don't forget the second-hand shops. That, yeah, you're right there. But yeah. in the developing countries, they look at it slightly differently. Like, if you shut that place down because you're upset with how it works, well, where do we get our couple of quid a day? But, and this is what I'm saying, is that, is that with your likes of your UNICEF, you know, and your human rights, you know, your amnesties and that, what they are doing, and they're working with governments, you know, India has, India, you spoke about India, has improved so, so much. To be fair, it has, you know, again, yes. There's, there's document, documentaries on that, because the government looked at it differently and went, okay, we need to stop doing this, we need to improve the working conditions, or to shut them down, as you say, but look for other yeah. ways of supporting our, our, yeah. our people. Because you know? capitalism is a fickle friend. If you if you start absolutely. putting pressure on the factories, they're gone and they leave a lot of hungry people after them. Yeah. Orla, interesting conversation. We'll see where people go with it. Thank you very much. The latest radio ratings are in. And once again. And once again. You've chosen Cork's 96 FM. Heard it on the radio. You've chosen the biggest giveaways. You're going to Brazil. Best laughs. <laughs> and the most beautiful moments. Yes, thank you so much. My little girl's jumping around. 231,000 people listen to Cork's 96FM and C103 every week. Source Jail or Ipsos RBI 2022-4. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing us. Now, stay listening to Win Your Way to Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. It's just the most beautiful sport for home. The music sounds better when you're with me. Only on Cork's 96FM. Hashtag Choose Radio. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Seems like every time we mention a scam that's out there, somebody else brings another one to our attention. Morning, PJ. There's a text going around supposed to be coming from the ESB saying you're entitled to an, a refund on your electricity bill. 
I mean, like, who wouldn't want that at the moment with the cost of electricity? It's a scam. Delete it. There's a link to get your money back. If you give them the link, they got you. No, don't. Don't. And it's a very, that's a soft target one because they know how many people are struggling with their ESB bills. The scammers do. So think if you get text in. Anyone got that? This caller has obviously got it, but anyone else got it? A text that purports to come from ESB and says you're owed a refund on your on your lecky and click on this link and we'll get, we'll get it. It's a scam. It's a racket, like any other racket that is out there. 0818 96 96 96 is the number of the text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. One of the most disturbing pieces of news audio that I heard in the last while, I'm going to play it to you now. Not so much for what she's saying, but it's the context. This is a nurse called Sylvia Winters, and she gave... Uh, testimony last week at the Erectus Committee on Health, I think it was, one of them anyway, talking about being attacked and threatened at work. And here's what she said, or here's just a clip of what she said. I have been spat at, I have been um, verbally abused, I have been threatened that when I leave work that evening I will be stabbed as I get into my car. Um, I have grown men, six foot four, towering over me, throwing objects at me. Um, It is a daily basis and I do not feel safe going to work. I watched that her testimony back and she said she said more than that. She spoke for quite a few minutes. But that wasn't, to me, actually, the most shocking element of what she said. The shocking element of what she said is that Sylvia Winters is a children's nurse. And it's parents and, and adults accompanying the children that are turning on her. So it's... We're going to talk to Dr. Chris Luke, who's been writing about this in The Examiner. And Chris, you've come across your favourite... Your fair proportion of this in in your career. What shocked me most, Chris, was not that Sylvia it was attacked, but it was that she was attacked in a children's ward by adults. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Yes, I'm afraid that's um, a mark of the I suppose the spread of uh, aggression and and violence uh, across the health the health system. I mean, I, I wrote a piece last week suggesting that there was nothing particularly new about violence and threat to, to healthcare staff, uh, certainly not in my 40 years. I mean, it was always a, an, an issue, in, in particular in inner city departments uh, where I started in the early 80s in Dublin. But what, it, what, what is new lately is the spread of serious ag- aggression to GP surgeries and to the children's hospitals emergency departments and wards and that's that's a, um, i suppose a an indicator a sad indicator of of the degree of violence uh, in in our society which of course inevitably spreads to places that are at the front line like emergency departments mm. like you wrote yourself and you said yourself many times over the years difficulty makes people difficult so working in an emergency department where people come in in pain and in crisis they can be touchy they can be difficult and and that's part of the skill in dealing with that but this is a whole different level yes i mean you know the thing is this um in a sense people are understandably frustrated and exasperated and you know also sometimes desperate you know desperation is is is, is the of the ultimate i suppose extent of, of frustration and so forth and fear uh, and of course people who are 
uh, with little children, particularly in hospital, uh, may well have you know considerable levels of anxiety and fear about their their children's uh, condition. Uh, and you know, if they're stuck in an emergency department in a children's hospital, which is obviously overwhelmed, and there are hours and hours of waiting, and the conditions in the waiting room are, are, are difficult, you know, fraught, noisy, uh, and so forth. You, you can understand why it, it boils over. But the problem is that um, this is now such a problem that, you know, one of the things that was heard by the Oireachtas Health Committee last week was that 30 nurses in our children's yeah. hospitals in Dublin have now quit their DED uh, staffing posts, which is devastating because, yeah. you know, as, as we all know, uh, recruitment and retention in, in the system uh, is, is already very difficult. And to think that people are now leaving because they're afraid of going to work, they're afraid of what will happen to them at work. I mean, it's just it's shocking and, and, and desperate. As I said to you, what shocked me most about Sylvia's testimony was not what she said, but it was the context of it happening in a children's ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as I say, the reasons I think it's happening is because, you know, we've discussed this before, the whole issue of instability. First of all, as I say, you've got to expect people to be frustrated and frightened and anxious and sometimes even desperate about their loved ones. And that, to some extent, is understandable. But what is, in a sense, unforgivable is when they resort to violence and threats, such as the ones that we hear. I mean, the shocking threats against that poor staff nurse in one of the paediatric hospitals in Dublin last week. And, I, you know, I, you know, I believe this is part of the whole bubbling up of instability you know, this kind of levels of border, you know, bubbling uh, aggression uh, towards other people that is often driven, I'm afraid, by, by drink and drug taking. Uh, you know, I mean, if you look, for example, at, uh, at a very, I think that's remarked upon very regularly, you know, parents screaming abuse at refs on a, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, you know, in, in, you know, in the soccer or the rugby or the GAA. I mean, I was, you know, a medical coach in, in Corcon for a long time. And when I saw that, I always thought, this guy, is just, he, this is a, a re- somebody just really hung over with a bad hangover. And I think that's undoubtedly an issue. You know, the people who are hung over um, now on the sidelines. And of course, uh, as, we, as we've heard, you know, we've now got not just alcohol, but, but, but cocaine and, and sleeping tablets and all sorts being taken on a, on a massive scale in, in this country. And there are, I suppose there are five intoxicants which particularly drive the violence. There's, mm. you know, alcohol, amphetamines, benzodiazepines or sleeping tablets, cannabis and cocaine. Yeah. And those five, those five drugs are basically, I think, the great drivers of, of incivility and, 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 and aggression. Because obviously in the olden days when there was mainly just the drink and the tobacco, uh, alcohol is a sedative. So after a certain number of drinks, people tend to fall over and fall asleep, which was a sort of a built-in safety yes. valve. Now, now we have all the energy drinks plus the, the other uh, drinks being taken. So people are up all night and they're exhausted and they're becoming increasingly addicted to, mm. to cocaine, for example. Uh, and they're all dr- things that drive, drive serious belligerence mm. and aggression. Yeah, yeah. You say in your piece in The Examiner, Chris, I'm not convinced that the great and the good, academic, political or managerial, have grasped the scale of violence faced by healthcare professionals, which brings us back to the whole, doesn't it, sanitised visit scenario. Yeah, I, I, came across, I came across a piece there in my journal from 2011 where... Uh, you know, as you will well, well remember, PJ, I mean, conditions were just were, were all, more or less as bad then as they are now. You know, was, the, the departments in the city were overwhelmed on a daily basis, you know, month after month. 
Uh, and there was one particular day when suddenly, mysteriously, magically, um, everybody was evacuated. There were no car, no trolleys, and the, the car, the walls were painted and spruced up. Uh, and lo and behold, a minister or somebody important appeared. Uh, with somebody senior in, in management and then of course disappeared again and then shortly afterwards there was a, a relapse of the of the massive overcrowding and I must say I, put, I took a picture of the situation and I, I, I you know I, I didn't quite post it but I, I it, it, it was a, 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 a pure, oh my god I was so angry um, that the the uh, the staff the, the management would actually do this sort of thing to, to staff such a sort of a blatant falsehood, a yeah. false representation of, of the reality, and basically saying that the staff were were, were, were effectively lying. You know, I mean, if the staff thing is if conditions are very difficult. A minister appeared and sold this smell of sweet, of you know, fresh paint and baking, and you know, it's all glossy and lovely and empty and quiet. You know, it's 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 been a terrible thing to do to staff. Yeah. You, you say that you recall <clears throat> in your own experience being threatened and maybe even smacked, but you write of a horrific case of a colleague whose career was instantly finished by an attack. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to to, uh, to pu- publicise the case any more than necessary, but mm-hmm. just, I mean, there was a, a staff nurse friend of mine who was, um, who, whose career was, was finished by an assault in, in one of our city, one of the city hospitals, and she was knocked to the ground and fell uh, against a trolley and basically, you know, de- 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 had a devastating injury to her neck. Uh, and that was basically the end of her, her hospital career. And I, I only quote it because it's a very real example uh, of what what nurses are up against. I mean, obviously, most of the violence and the aggression involves screaming and spitting and and just people being just basically horrible to the staff, uh, which is in itself absolutely relentless and uh, really grinds them down. But but there's no doubt that every now and again there's a, a, a very severe physical assault uh, on reception staff, on, on nurses and, and on other staff, which, you know... Your, your daughter is a doctor now, isn't she, Chris? And yeah, she yeah. recently had her own experience and she was lucky to escape a swinging fist. How does that make you feel as a daddy? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it, it, it depresses me that things haven't changed and uh, yeah, I, there was something... You're, you're absolutely right. The thing is, BJ, that um, the staff become so inured, they become so used to this bubbling threat the whole time uh, of, of of violence and, and aggression that they almost kind of, I, I call it a siege mentality when they're, they're just so used to it happening on an hourly or daily basis and they're always waiting for the next, they're always vigilant for the next next attack, the next uh, uh, outburst or, or, or even physical attack. Uh, and of course, they're often just planning their escape but you're absolutely right. When I when I when I when I when I stopped, I'm just chatting to my daughter last week about this, and she was saying, "Oh yeah, there was a, a guy who took a swing at me not long ago," and I just I I was able to just literally I, she was nimble on her feet and she just ducked back. But if the guy's big ham fist had hit her in, the, in her fragile face, I mean, I mean. That's the sort of thing that causes, you know, broken cheekbones and jaws and concussion. And and again, as the case of my my, my friend, the staff nurse who was knocked to the ground, it, it can be really, it can it can be devastating if if the, if the victim is is unlucky. What what if any, Chris, are the solutions here? Well, you know, we've been grappling with this for years, and sadly, the the fundamental. I mean, and this is here's a very important point, PJ. This is a global problem. Yes. I mean, if you look at the medical literature in America, you'll see that it's one of the big drivers of of, of doctors 
leaving the, the profession, the levels of yeah. aggression. It's a I huge mean, problem in the NHS, I know that from listening to talk shows, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a huge problem. We've had doctors being shot dead by disgruntled patients not long ago. Uh, we, uh, if you look at Australia, it's the same. It's, it's even it's devastating in India and China if, if you drill into the literature there. Uh, you know, something like 85% of, of doctors in China have been attacked or are fearful uh, of, of their patients. And so, it, you know, it, it, you know that, that's the first thing to bear in mind. So it's not just us. As I keep saying, you know, the overcrowding thing is not just us, it's the model that's, that's broken and the changes in society are, are, are you know, the, the, the real culprit. I mean, un- unfortunately, the real solution is to solve the problem of overcrowding because we know that people tend to behave according to the conditions that they, they face. So, you know, we, we've known for decades that, for example, in, in New York in the early 70s, when the place was basically abandoned by the middle classes uh, and there was dereliction, and broken windows and violence and graffiti, that people behaved very badly. And then they had that, you know, zero tolerance situation where they, they, they mended the broken windows and they got rid of the graffiti and so forth. So forth. And people's general behaviour improved. You know, we know for a fact that um, if a street is well maintained, it's clean and, um, you know, and people, you know, busily walking by, that people tend to be less likely to perpetrate criminality. So the the main thing to do is that the the emergency departments have got to be sufficiently resourced so that people are not enduring horrible, big, long waits with their their loved ones, whether they're the elderly parents or their their little children, uh, you know, and that waiting rooms are are well maintained, that they're bright and clean and fragrant and there's Mm -hmm. food and water and and so on. And of course, unfortunately, we need other secondary things like, like, you know, security, uh, panic buttons, glass and so forth. And I think probably above all, we, need, we do need a campaign. I mean, we, we've seen campaigns for heart attacks and strokes that, that, that do have a significant effect on people. We do need, I think, a campaign to remind people that our, our healthcare workers are very, very precious and they're very, very scarce and that they really can't cope with the, the levels of belligerence and aggression towards them. Okay, Chris, as always, a pleasure to have the benefit of your experience and your knowledge on the opinion line. Thank you very much. That's Dr. Chris Luke, emergency medical consultant and author. If you ever want to read a brilliant book about the health service and why it doesn't work and how brilliant it could be. Uh, His book came out in 2021. It's called A Life in Trauma. Uh, Always a pleasure to... Listen to him on the opinion line. That's Dr. Chris Luke. 0818-969696 on Sheen. Or Shine or Sheen. Sheen is the correct pronunciation, I believe. I watched a program about the cotton factories in England during the 1700s. What you've described is exactly what happened back then. My daughter uses this site. If you podcast this, I send it to her. She won't be using it again. One quick fix. EU-wide. Ban the site from EU domain sites. But as you said then, where do the kids get their pathetic little wage? That's always the question that you got to ask too. Thank you for that. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Lovely story going around in the last few days of human kindness and the Decency and the kindness is not gone out of society. Sometimes we think it might, but it's not. Uh, John Finn, good morning to you. Good morning. 
And I read about this in, in Corpio, um, and I'm glad that you're available to talk to me this morning. What, what happened to you? Um, I was walking along uh, Station Road uh, last Wednesday. It would have been about half ten, eleven o'clock at night. And um, I stumbled off the pavement and I felt myself going. This is in Balancholic now, yeah? This is, sorry, yes, this, this is in Balancholic. And um, I felt myself going, and um, unfortunately, I had my hands in my pockets. I think I was looking for my mobile. Anyway, um, I fell over and I fell backwards and hit my head on the road. Apparently, I was lying parallel with the white line going down Station Road. You knocked yourself out? I knocked myself out, and um, apparently. There was a lot of blood. Apparently, if you get a cut in the head, it bleeds a lot. But anyway, I was lying there, and um, thankfully, there were some very good Samaritans came to my aid. Um, there was a, a lady um, who lives nearby. She and her friend were passing. They stopped, and they attended to me and kept me talking, had my, held my head still, um, Another young lad came along um, called Dylan. He put a coat over me. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of blood there on the road. Mm. Um, you you um, were out of it. Were you unconscious for long, John, or what? I, 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 I was unconscious for a while, yeah. and I kind of came back, and I was able to talk to him a little bit. But um, a, a few people came along, a few good Samaritans. There was another mm. guy called Dylan Delaney came along, and he actually covered me in his coat. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I covered that in blood. So uh, that's been washed and returned to him. Yeah. Talk um, to you about this delivery driver as well who had gone about his business. There was a delivery, yeah. There was a number of people. Um, th- th- um, there was uh, del- uh, two delivery guys. One was given another a lift home uh, in Ballincollig. Um One was called Bobby, Bobby Monjoy. Yes. The other was Akil Tampo. If I'm yeah. pronouncing that, yeah. I apologise if I'm no, mispronouncing Bobby, Bobby that. Bobby Mon is on the. He's actually here with us, John. He's he's on the other line. Sit there a second, Bobby Mon. Good morning to you. Hi. Uh, good morning. What what happened? You came across John had fallen. What what did you? Yeah, I finished after duty. I just uh, my friend and just go for drop him and uh, on the way it's like. After 12, uh, I saw someone is in the middle of the road after church. Yes. Then I just stopped the car and I just go meet. And after that, uh, two car coming, I just stopped the car. And we go together. And when when we see him, he was in the, he was conscious. Then uh, there's one lady with us and she came to talk with him and he, she's wake up him. After that time, we realized he's bleeding with the blood. Then we called the emergency number, and that way there is one delivery driver came, and uh, he said uh, uh, that time he John able to talk. That time he said his address, so that guy said he's on the way for delivery, and he will tell to his family. Yes. Then we wait, and uh, there's one guy came, and he he had a jacket. We just cover John. After a few minutes, uh, the Gada came. Uh, then we hand over John for Gada. That's all. Uh, well, that, that's a- cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot, Bobby Mon. John, have you had a chance to talk to Bobby Mon since? No, um, I, I haven't. I was actually trying to contact him uh, find out his number so I could ring and thank. Well, you well, can thank talk to him directly now. Thank two of them. Uh, uh, thank you very much indeed, guys. I believe, I believe one one of you um, actually went and informed my family of what had happened. Uh, my daughter lives on the same stage as me, and uh, my son-in-law and grandson came down to to me and to, to see what was happening. So um, I believe that that left the guards free to deal with me then. They didn't have to inform my family. Um, and because there was so much blood there, the, initially the guards thought it'd been a hit and run. There was so much blood there, and they actually called it off the road. Um, so I'm not sure if it was Bobby Mann or his colleague there informed my family. So I'm very grateful to them. Um, I've talked to um, some of the others that stopped to help. There was um, a Dylan Delaney. I've talked to him. Mm. He actually covered me with the coat, which I repaid by covering it in blood, but since been washed, <laughs> and I'm returning it to him today. And um, there's a lovely lady, Kathleen, who li- lives nearby. She and a friend of hers stopped and held my head still and... I believe the initial people that stopped to help me helped to divert the traffic away yes. from me because I was obviously in a dangerous place. And when the guards did arrive, they thought at first I'd been run over. There was so much blood there. In fact, they had cordoned off the road and blocked any cars coming up. So I'm extremely grateful to all the... Yeah. The good people of Valentine that stopped and did help me. And um, I believe this lady, Kathleen, her name, held my head still. So yes. I didn't move and tried to keep me talking. Yes, I think Bo- Bobby Munn was the first on the scene. Were you, Bobby, yourself and your and your pal? Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Me and uh, there's one more, my friend, Akil. Yeah, we saw him, we saw him, saw him first. first. Okay, well, you started the ball rolling on it. And I think, John, you just wanted to thank everybody. Yes, I um, I want to thank everybody involved. Um, 
certainly probably one that was certainly on the scene and the other people that stopped whom I've already mentioned a lot of good people came to my aid and I'm very grateful to them I'm very grateful that they um, apparently um, I'm not sure who it would have been but they helped to divert the traffic away from yes, me yes. how are you uh, now? I, I, I'm good. I'm good. Thank God. You know, I, I still got a nasty kind of cut in the head, but um, I had a CAT scan and everything's where it should be apparently. So I'm very grateful <laughs> yeah, to that. Um, I'm also very grateful to the guardee who uh, rendered first aid to me and set up, uh, blocked off the road because um, I th- they thought originally I'd been run over. So they thought it was a crime scene at first, but thanks be to God it was. Okay, all right. Uh, And I hadn't been knocked over, you know. I wish you a continued uh, speedy recovery, John. Thank you very much, John Finn. And the first on the scene was Bobby Monjoy and his colleague. Bobby Mon, thank you for taking our call this morning. I know John wanted to thank you personally for that, for doing what you did on the night. Uh, And it just shows us in, in a tough old world, thank you both, in a tough old world where you have terrible things happening to nurses like Sylvia in a hospital and the experiences that Chris and his colleagues have had over the years, you then have incredible kindness on the other end of the scale because it could just have easily have driven on and said, oh, that's not my problem but he didn't He, John, Bobby, Bobby Bond stopped the car and got out to help. 0818969696 on the hospital attacks, it's a disgrace it's the same if not worse for paramedics, no respect for frontline workers from a large cohort of society. That's from Evelyn. Yes, thank you, Evelyn. On the gather numbers, I went through the numbers a while ago of the stations where numbers have changed. And we now have 42 stations in the country that don't have a, a permanent gather assigned to them. Glengariff became the latest of five in Cork in the last while. The Bridewell... Numbers are down 30% since 2013. They do these major surveys every few years. So over the last 10 years, the Bridewell is down a third, effectively, of its guards. Black Rock, down there in Mahan, that's down 45%. Bishopstown is down 43%. Watercourse Road is down 33%. That's a third of the cohort gone from Watercourse Road in 10 years. People were ringing about Douglas, one I know very well, my own local Garda station. Yes, it's open. Yes, there's cops working in there. But trying to get in the door to report something or get a passport signed or something. Uh, Douglas is kind of the Garda station that's there but isn't. Uh, the only reason Ballin colleagues gather numbers have doubled, yes, and they have according to this report. And this is an excellent point that you make, whoever you are. The only reason Ballancolleagues gather numbers have doubled is the traffic core was moved out of Anglesey Street to Ballancolleague in the last couple of years. But they're a city resort resource. They're not just there for Ballancolleague. That's an excellent point, actually. Because this, this report in the newspaper that I'm reading from indicate, or points out that Ballancolleagues gather numbers have increased, but only because... The traffic core is now based there. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818-969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Right, we're only about an hour away from your first opportunity on the Opinion Line anyway to take part in this. So kiss me the way that you would if we 
That's our song of the day with Dermot Kennedy. When you hear that song in full, in the next hour, within the hour, you'll hear that song in full. And then you text a WhatsApp to 083 396 96 96. We'll bring somebody on the air. We'll ask them a question. To get the question right, they're into our draw to go and see Dermot Kennedy at the Chelsea at the Cosmopolitan on May 19th. You'll have five nights hotel accommodation, spending money. And we'll fly in there. And we'll even fly you home. In fact, from Vegas. You do that. In the next hour, you listen now for that song. 0818-96-96-96. We had fun last week. Well, actually, fun. We had an interesting discussion last week. It all started with a piece that I heard on early morning radio and saw on one of the tabloids. And then it became front page news on the Irish Daily Mail and other papers. This idea that they've had in the Church of England that may, may, they may look at some gender-neutral words and replace them, replace the, the, the existing words in, in some prayers with gender neutral words. Like, for example, our father might change to something else. Like, our father is very gendered, so they say. So they need to change it to gender neutral. That's the thinking in the Church of England at the moment. Nowhere else besides just the Church of England. Whether it'll happen here or whether it'll ever happen in the Catholic Church, who knows? And then that kind of broadened out into another discussion of do we actually know whether God was or is a man or a woman? Some people would stringently tell you it's a man. Then some people would say it's a woman. Then others would say it's genderless. Who the hell do we know? How do we know? It gets interesting. This is the kind of thing you'd talk about over a pint, like. It, it, it got that way. Andrew. Morning. morning. Good morning, PJ. You think God is a man? Um, well, if you if you cast your mind back to Good Friday when Jesus got crucified, okay, yeah. missing for two days and back on the Sunday. Okay. I mean, that is all the hallmarks of a man going out on the Friday and come back on the Sunday, doesn't it? <laughs> Go on, you messer. You're going to get me in trouble here with the religious. <laughs> but but it does it. Ma- I was trying to argue no. with people. Does it actually matter? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, when you think about what's all going on, we say we're just with the earthquake in Turkey, war in Ukraine. You'd ask yourself, is there an actual God? Yeah. And you see all this devastation and misery in the world. It's true. It, it is. I mean, like, I, I, I have faith, but you still would question yourself when you see all these, you know, devastation that's currently going on. Yeah. It reminds me of the time Stephen Fry did the Meaning of Life programme. Mm, yeah, and and he asked the question, like, how would a merciful, loving God that we were? I'm sure you were brought up to believe in a merciful, mm. loving God. So was I brought up to believe yeah. in a merciful, loving God who do anything for. Us. How would a merciful, loving God allow thirty three thousand people to die with their houses falling on top of them in the middle of the night? Exactly. Like, I like, feel there's, there's much more pressing issues going on in the world rather than this getting even any traction. But do you know what? We're, we're probably worse for even speaking about it, given this There's the truth. mileage needs, you know? There's the truth. I mean, I, d- I don't know why in the, they have a committee in the Church of England that looks at these things and they're saying, well, the, the modern world now, we don't take gender as seriously as we used to, or rather we probably take it even more seriously than we ever did. So we need our religious liturgies to appeal to all genders. You kind of wonder, yeah, like you said... Is, isn't there better going on in the world? There's much more pressing issues, PJ. Much more. 
You, you, do you have your own... Do you still have a faith? I do. Yeah, I do. I would have, yeah. Yeah. But as I said, I would question it at times, and specifically at times like this. You know, as you said yourself, 33,000 people dead, and people are on about, is God a man or a woman? Yeah. Who really cares? Who really cares? That's an excellent point. And, and the fact that the wording of a prayer is taking up so much time in people's thoughts. And as I said, we are given it that. Um, my next That's you know, true. Even discussing about it, you know? That's true. But it was, look, no. it's like it's like the advertising world. Mm. Why people, not, yeah. people say, oh "God, that's a terrible ad." God, I hate that ad. I loved, mm. but actually, the minute you start saying that, you're talking about it, which is exactly what they want you to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's people want us to have these conversations. Kevin actually texted in last week and said, "These are kind of deflecting stories. <laughs> totally. they're, they're, they're put out there to to take our mind off the real the real world." Exactly, yeah. It's a good point, it's a good point. Andrew, thank you for that. 0818969696. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. I see one of these things on the paper or I hear about it on a programme and I think, that's a great, I must mention that tomorrow on the air and see how people react to it and join a conversation on it. But maybe Andrew's right. Maybe we should ignore stuff like that. There's bigger things to talk about. There's another story in the paper. To, to this, I've seen this. Uh, Danny McConnell writing in the... Uh, examiner this morning and I, I, I know this was coming because look I follow this kind of stuff I'm a politics geek I follow it far more than is probably healthy for me but I've known for a while that we're going to get more TDs and that the next general election will probably have close to 180 seats to be won in the Doyle and the reason for that is that we must be under the constitution represented by a certain number of TDs per head of population. And I don't have the numbers written down in front of me, but there has to be something like one TD for every 30,000 members of the population. It's along those lines. And it's it's laid down in the constitution. So every so often we look at the census of population and we think, okay, well, we need to upgrade our number of TDs now, whatever. And a number of years back, during the time of austerity, Enda Kenny cut the numbers in the Doyle by 10. And at the time he was told, Taoiseach, you, you will have to rethink that because constitutionally we're, we're pushing it here. And now it comes back to we're going to need to increase the numbers in the Doyle to be constitutional. Brian. Hi. Morning. I'm very good, thank you. Oh God, there's a voice I haven't heard in a while. How are you keeping? <laughs> I'm very good, I'm very good. I'm surviving everything. COVID, they, whatever they throw at me, I'm surviving it. They good can't fella. get rid of a bad thing. Good fella, Brian. Good fella, because I didn't hear from you during COVID and I was hoping you were all right. You are, which is fantastic. I am, yeah. Now, the yeah, number yeah, of t- yeah. you and I know it, it is constitutional. It's it's very strict. Oh, I, I, I accept that. I mean, but when the Constitution in '37 came in and said 20,000 to 30,000 people, right? Mm. And that was good because, I mean, the mode of transport was bicycle or uh, horse and cart or pony and cart or whatever, and people wanted to see the local TD. No, you've got the mobile phones, you've got Twitter, you've got emails, and you can email your TD and whatever. People have cars and they can go to see the local TD. Mm. So I think like that it should be increased. I mean, at the moment we're operating on the 30,000 mark is just below 30,000. I think there's about 29,500 right. on every TD. But I mean, if they increase that to 35 or whatever number it would be to 
make it that we'll have either the same amount of TDs or one mm. or two TDs less. You know, because we're going to have to change it. I mean, yeah, because there's the political analysts are saying that if we keep going by the one for every 30,000 number, yeah. we'll, by the, and the, at the rate of our population increasing... We could have 250 TDs in the Doyle. Now, somebody else has said in response to that, it'll never be allowed to happen. But that's what the numbers would dictate. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we have a constitution and we have to, uh, you, you, you know, the constitution is what the, the state has to do and what it doesn't have to do and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, the TDs are the only people who can put a referendum before the people. The people themselves can't put a forward a referendum. The TDs must do it. Hmm. But I'm thinking that maybe it's like Turkey's voting for Christmas. You went there before I did, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, I mean, I never heard anybody having a conversation in a pub, in the street, wherever, uh, that we wanted more TDs. If anything, people would say we want less Correct. TDs. Correct. You know? Yeah. But I mean, it, it's... And no, as far as I know, they want to rush through this piece of legislation into the dial to increase the numbers so that uh, when the next election comes around, mm. whenever it is in two years' time... Well, you see, there'll be, there'll, be an electoral, there'll be a boundary commission and there'll be an electoral commission and the rushing of the legislation, they have to get it through because there's a general election sometime either next year or at the very latest, February 2025. Yeah, but I mean, if they... If I mean, how long would it take to run a referendum? I mean, I would imagine, like, to be passed overwhelmingly. I could imagine and, so, yeah. And the Boundary Commission would have to be set up in any case, you know what I mean? So, I mean, they could be setting up the Boundary Commission, getting the people ready to, to sit in it when this referendum is um, passed. So, I mean, if you're looking at negatives and the politicians would be looking at negatives as to say why we can't do this thing, I think we should be looking at the positive as to why we can do it, you know what I mean? What was that Obama saying that he has? Yes, we can, yes, isn't we can. it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, well we, we, we could. We'd have to doing. have. We'd have to have a referendum to to look at the numbers. And if you bring it from thirty thousand, like you said, to maybe thirty five thousand or even forty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they could change the legislation. We say and have the between thirty three thousand and forty thousand because you have to have um, a bit of a leeway. You know what I mean? So that um, you'd get the same amount of TDs in each county. Mm. electrical area, the 40 constituencies that we have at the moment, you know what I mean? Mm. So, I mean, these things are doable. I mean, they're not rocket science, you know what I mean, PJ? I mean, the Boundary Commission will have to be set up in any case. It will, that's right, that's another constitutional thing. But if you look at it, if you don't, if you're not very careful, you end up with five TDs for sheep and goats and three TDs for people. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just saying to Emer there before uh, before you came on, was like that, we'll end up with, like, a yeah, burden. We'll have one for everybody in the oh, audience, Rod, you know what I mean? Don't draw that on us. Don't draw that. <laughs> We've enough of them as it is. So, yeah, it's it's out there, Brian. Great to talk to you. I'm glad to know you're doing well for yourself. Oh, I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good lad, good lad. Now, you were I'm one as of happy the, as Larry. Good fella, it? good fella, because <laughs> you, you and I had many a fight over the years, but then, when, then you went very quiet during COVID, and I thought, God, is Brian all right, you know? Good man yourself. Great to hear from you. Brian Gould, campaigner on many different issues uh, over a number of years. So they are. It's in the papers this morning. We probably will have at least 10 more TDs and probably 20 more TDs 
after the next election. Do we want them? Do we need them? Is there any need for them? But you'd need to go to the Constitution and you'd need to change the Constitution to stop that happening. We shall see where it goes. I'm surprised people want less representation, says this message, not more. Yes, they get a rough go in the media, but you saw it with your first topic today, Andrew and Cian. When people need them, they're there and they're accessible. They're there and they're accessible. They are, but sometimes, and if you take the case of Andrew and Cian, like that button needed to be pushed by people like me and my team here who have the knowledge and context to push it. But that's, that's, thank you for that comment. 0818969696 on God and gender and the gender of God and whether there is a God or not a God and whether it's a man or a woman God. Does anybody actually care? And as Andrew says, why are we even talking about it? Because there's many other things going on in the world. Phil. Hi, PJ. As we have no way of knowing whether God is God is male or female, I think it should be left up to everybody to make their own decision on whether they think it's a man or a woman. There's no proving it. There's no need to prove it. And that business of changing our father to something gender neutral is just absolutely ridiculous. And I, for one, will not be doing that. I just don't see the point. Let's all just live and let live, decide what we believe ourselves, and off we go. Yeah, thank you, Phil. That's a voice message on WhatsApp. A good way to join the conversation. 083 396 96 96 if you want to do that. Listening to PJ. It doesn't really matter if God is he or she, says Kieran. You need to prove such God exists first. But there are many people who do believe that, Kieran. Um, Andrew believes in the existence of a God. Others don't. There's a few atheists on this floor and a few people who still believe it's everywhere you go now. It's more, I think it's more acceptable in modern society to say you're an atheist. I, I think it is. Uh, there was a time when if you said you were an atheist, that people move away from you in the pub. But, but now they, you know, it's easier to be an atheist these days. I'm still, I would be something of what I might call a a lazy or lapsed Catholic, but, but there again. I'm sorry now, with the least leave the past in the past. It's so annoying. It's bad enough, says Emma, it's bad enough changing song lyrics from the past because they're offensive. But now the prayers, people need to stop being so sensitive. Some people have too much time on their hands, says Emma. Yeah. And Aaron, oh, the wokeness of it all. I just can't cope with all this gender neutral stuff. If we keep wanting to ban stuff with the words men and women in it, where will it end? It's getting ridiculous. That's from Aaron. The only point that I was making with regard to the changing of the words of the prayers, like, if I had to say my Our Father a little bit differently, first of all, I'm not, I'm not a big praying person. I tend to make up my own messages and just speak them to the universe and to the people who are gone before me. You know, I, I tend to pray along the lines of, Dah, will you sort this mess out for me? That's how I pray. But anyway, like, what difference does it make if you have to change a couple of words? What does it matter at all to change a word or two? 0818 96 96 96. Can you listen to us on your smartphone or tablet? Yes. If you can't, you really should, because you can take us all over the world and listen to us from anywhere at any time. There's an app, the Cork's 96 FM app. Download it, and not just 
are all your favourite shows on there. All of our podcasts, and we do nearly 30 a week, they're up there. And you'll also find the Premier League and you'll find the Hit Mix and the Fit Mix and all of those. And also a smart speaker. If you've got one of those smart speakers, I'm not going to use the name, but play Cork 96 FM. That'll work too. So many different ways to listen to us in 2023. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96FM. Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie. Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Corks 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Corks 96 FM. Yeah, we will be doing our team with regard to Dermot Kennedy in I would say less than 30 minutes. This is what you're listening for. So kiss me the way that you would if we died tonight When you hear that song, you text a WhatsApp, your name to 083 396 96 96 will bring somebody on the air. We will call, ask them a question. If they get the question right, then they will go through to our draw. Think before you text, would you prefer to answer a question on Vegas or a question on Dermis? That's the only choice you have. And the slot machine will make the decision. I have a big slot machine installed in the corner of the studio, you see. And we'll pull on that and decide whether you get a Vegas question or a or a Dermot question. It's all the fun of the fair. 0818 96, 96, 96. Talk about gender neutral or gender this or gender that for God. Or gender for anyone. Did you see what on earth was Sam Smith wearing the other night? It looked like Billy Connolly, the great Billy Connolly. Look up on YouTube, Billy Connolly in continence pants. Just look it up. And then there was a... David Bowie actually wore something not unlike it way back in the 70s. But this was like like rubber. And it was like someone had inflated it. It was, without question or doubt, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen on a red carpet. But then again, Sam Smith got the attention required. It's all over the papers and all over the newspaper. <laughs> See, I'm only adding to it, as Andrew would tell me. Bernice, you contacted us to remind people that they need to check that their fire alarms are working properly. Morning. Good morning, PJ. What happened to you? I very simply, uh, PJ, I lit a little tea light, which a flame is just so minute, you would never think it would cause the devastation that it has done. Wow. I lit a tea light at quarter to three, and by uh, 3.15, the fire brigade were here. Good Lord. A little... Tiny little, little tea, light. tea light that you'd put in. Oh my goodness, go on, tell me uh, what happened. Uh, well, basically, I, I lit that and I went down to wash the bathroom. My granddaughter was here and she took off her coat and I had a clothes horse under, that was kind of a high shelf, mm-hmm. and there's a red, and I had a clothes horse under that with towels that were dry. And 
she came in through her jacket up on top of the clothes horse, either knocked the tea light or threw her jacket over the tea light. We don't really know. But the whole lot caught fire. It was a kind of a heavily padded jacket. Yeah. So it just took off. And then with the towels that were dry underneath it, that took off. And it, it, it was just an inferno. I knew nothing, PJ. And I mean, I didn't hear a rustle. I didn't smell smoke. I, I had a mask on because, as I said, I was cleaning the bathroom. I was using um, cleaning products that were kind of strong enough for um, the scaler and that, you know. Sure. So I, I didn't smell it. I knew nothing until I heard the smoke alarm going off. And when I opened the bathroom door, Oh, lo and behold, the smoke, I couldn't see through. Now, I know my granddaughter had been in the city, you know, because she had a, a little tent, which actually saved her from the most, because uh, she was right in the path of the smoke. But she had it closed up, mm. and she had the door closed in the city, room. You know. Oh, she had a little play tent, was it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know, these pop-up ones that yeah, you yeah. have, and you, you put this in. Um, so you think you know your own home, and you think you know exactly where to go. But I can tell you, in times of smoke like that and the heat, I got totally disorientated. I kept calling and calling her. Um, and were you upstairs? No, I had a bungalow. Oh, I, I, was down, I was down at the very end of the house. She was up at the very top of the house. But this had taken off. And just as I got to the, the we'll say, her decision door, it, it's, it's in the kitchen where the fire was. And the heat was so severe. Um, I put my hands on the door. It was hot. So I just blew it in and picked up um, a throw that was on the couch, threw her over her head, and we got out. Wow. But I would have known nothing, PJ, only that the fire alarms went off. The smoke alarms, yeah, yeah, wow. Oh, the smoke alarms, yeah. Um, and I was just saying, I urge everybody to either get one, if you don't have one, and if you do have them, check that the batteries are working, or just mm. check them every time, you know, once a week, at least, just as you're passing, stick a brush up and make sure, because... They saved our lives, PJ, because I would not have been up for another good five or ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And the smoke would have definitely overcame my granddaughter in the sitting room, definitely. Wow. It's is there, just is, frightening. Is, is there much damage to the house, Bernice? There, in the kitchen and dining room <coughs> and sitting room area, there is. The rest of the house is all smoke damage. Do you know, everything's mm. just covered in black. Oh, God. It was just frightening, PJ, how fast... Uh, it, it took off, as I say, from a little tea light. Mm. Yeah, and we have, like, the missus loves them. And we have them all over the house. But, yeah, such a tiny little thing, tiny. And was it in a little candle holder or was it just sitting there on the table? Yeah, or? a little, no, a little tea light. It was actually up in a shelf in, in the kitchen, you know. Okay. It, 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 we had an extension, PJ, and that's what actually saved it because if that had been a partition wall, it would have gone straight up to the rafters, but it was an outside wall that the, this shelf was on. If you if you can understand me, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, with, with, with smallies in the house, a great oh. idea these days is is battery operated candles. You know what? I can tell you that's exactly what will <laughs> be coming in here from now on. I won't even I won't even think differently, PJ, because to me, a tea light wouldn't cause any harm. No, I know candles can burn and they can burst and explode but a little tea that I didn't think I didn't no you wouldn't think, no. You know? and there's some fabulous little ones you get a packet of six of them in, in Dunn's or any other sort of shop and they're I'm not too sure how, how much they cost now because you throw them in with the groceries you know it is you throw them in yeah. the groceries and they're, they're th- 20 quid for a pack of six of them and they're very realistic very realistic we've got actually we have a fabulous one 
um, that uh, herself bought a couple of years ago and it's actually a big candle and it was so realistic she put it out on the outside deck last summer out on the table and we was going to bed one night and I said, yes, we forgot to blow out the candles. She says, no, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, serious. That's realistic. That's, that's realistic. <laughs> you know, they're really good. They're really good. You can get um, church candles <coughs> as well with batteries in them. They all look really, they look really nice, but will you be all right? I mean, is there insurance? Would you be okay? There is. I was on the insurance company this morning. They're, they're taking care of all, all the rest of the PJ. Good. But I can tell you, I just really, really want the message out there just check your fire alarms and your smoke alarms. Yes. They're so important. Yeah. I, I would not have realised just how important they are. I mean, there's three things that I'm very aware of. It's candles, mm-hmm. the tumbler dryer, and clothes up on top of, you know, your tank. Yes. There are three things that will start the fire very quickly. So for this to happen to me now is a huge thing. Mm. That I'm so fire aware. You're all right but, yourself. You sound okay, but I'd say you're a bit shook, are you? Oh, PJ, I got it. I've... Today, I'm not too bad. I broke the weekend. It was just, I couldn't sleep. I could just see the flames. I could feel the heat. It kind of hurt your eyes. It was so hot, like. Um, and that's all I was seeing. But look, as long as the granddaughter was okay, that's all that's well, that, As long as you're both okay, Bernice. So that exactly. As long as you're both okay. Yeah. So look, just, PJ, just, if your listeners could just go out now, stick a brush up and check your, your smoke glands. Mm. It, it will save your life. It, it will. And we've got them. We've got them all over the house, and you'd kind of wonder. Some some of the some of them, when they start to go down in battery, they give they a little cheap out of exactly. them. And you know what the worst mistake you ever made, Bernice? And I'm guilty of doing it once, and then the following morning, herself nearly slaughtered me. There was one of them chirping in the middle of the night. Yeah, now at two o'clock in the morning, I'm not going looking for a battery. So, so I, so I took it off. I, I t- took it off the shelf and took the battery out of it I and know. put it on the I, table. And the following morning, she was fittest. She said, "Yeah." So, what happens if the fire starts during the night? I said, "The bloody chirping right. was keeping me awake." But that's, I prefer the chirping out to keep you awake than, you than trying to get out. There you go. There fire. you go. That was my lesson learned, Bernice. I'm glad everyone's all right, and I hope Thank everything God, will be okay people. with the house. It will. That, that, that's re- that's replaceable, PJ. You know, like they're not. So take care, PJ, and thank you very much. Take please. care. And have yeah. you managed to get, I know the smell, uh, uh, friends of ours had a house fire one time, and the smell is the worst part, no matter how it's safe. It's horrible. Can you, it's uh, horrible. If anyone has any tips on how to get rid of that awful smell, maybe they'll let us know. Thanks, I'll be listening, PJ. it's a terrible smell. It's a terrible it's terrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Like it's just it sticks in the back of your throat. It does, yeah. It does, and it can last for it can last for days and weeks. Bernie, thank you. And uh, glad you're okay. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. A little tea light, a little small little tea light. Caused a fire, and the fire alarm or the smoke alarm alerted her to it. And beep 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 beep. The pain in the neck, but she, they wouldn't. They mightn't be here. She mightn't be talking to me if it wasn't for for that smoke alarm. Yeah, those battery operated candles. You see a lot of them around. They're in Duns and they're in Tesco and they're in Lidl and they're in not Lidl. They're in what you may call it, Woody's and home store and all those and if you're going to be operating a candle in a place where there might be clothes it's probably a better idea 0818 96 96 96 yeah there here okay 
The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 25th to 27th to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. You make me feel... Every year, we speak to people touched by cancer. So if you've got a story to tell, we'd love you to get in touch. Simply email radiothon at 96fm.ie to find out more. The Giving for Living Radiothon, supporting Cork Cancer Services, May 25th to 27th. You make, you make feel only on Cork's 96FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. And their little flameless tea lights, two euro for a pack of them in Duns. I don't know how many is in a packet, but yeah. Some of them, they used, you just throw them out when the battery goes down. They're rechargeable ones and ones you can replace the battery in and all of that very very advanced technology these days I've even seen these wonderful ones in uh, pubs and in a hotel I was in um, and I, they, they're like a little lamp that's on the table and it's like a little candle that sits in the lamp but the thing all the charges all the candles away at night and they charge them up it's really cool really cool we don't need flame anymore I suppose there'd be some green person telling us we shouldn't be burned in flame Anyway, God and gender and how would a merciful God do the things or allow the things to happen that have happened around our world in the last while? Um, I'll get to those comments from Esther and from who? From Pat in just a tick. But Victor, I I posed the question and a question posed by far better brains than mine. Stephen Fry being one of them. If you are a merciful and loving God, how the hell do you allow Turkey to happen, or as Stephen Fry said in his famous interview, how do you allow child cancer to happen? Victor, morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, no, I mean, obviously this whole uh, thing has sparked, you know, such a debate everywhere. I'm here in Leeds, and the amount of uh, opinion and talk shows, and you've seen it, it's all in the mainstream. Yeah. But I think the Bible needs to be taken as a whole, right. and you know, what you just asked there is actually in the Bible. The Bible talked about famine, about earthquakes happening, about wars and rumors of wars. And look at what's happening around us. Yeah. You know, Russia has just gone into Ukraine, not, not provoked at all. The earthquake has happened. And there's so many other natural disasters that have happened over the years. You know, the tsunamis and, and all that there. So I think the Bible needs to be read as a whole to get a, a clear picture. Same thing with the gender debate. I listened to a, 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 a show where two of two members from the gender synod came on, 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 on air. Basically, one was for this change and the other was, was against, you know. This is for changing the words of the prayers, yeah? Yeah, and the whole, yeah. So the one basically was saying, look, uh, homosexuality is a sin. This is, somebody from the general synod now, right? Yes. And uh, it's in the Bible. He quoted First Corinthians something. Then the other one, other member, came and said, well, you know, if you read further down, he says God is a loving God. So, you know, you have two members from the same church yes. who believe in the same Bible. Well, well there's a thing, with, Victor, with, with if you go, opposing views. go back to the 80s and, and mm. when AIDS arrived, that horrible plague... Yeah. Some people yeah. said that was God's punishment 
mm-hmm. to keep her from being gay. Now, that was ridiculous. Exactly. You know, I mean... Ridiculous these, and insulting, Victor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think the church, whether it's going to come to Ireland or not, but I think the church is just going down a drain. Because, think? yeah, um, I mean, okay, where do you then draw the line? Because unless somebody rewrites the Bible, and I don't think there's anybody that has the guts to actually, you know, go that direction. Yeah. Unless somebody really to, you know, to suit everybody, I just don't see where this debate will end. That's a, that's a very good point. Thank you, Victor. In Leeds. See, we have listeners everywhere. 0818969696. Thank you, Victor. If you start changing the language of the prayers, you end up changing the whole Bible. We've had this discussion with music and films. Didn't we see recently where... Delilah now. You can't be singing Delilah at a rugby match like they've done for generations. Can't be singing Delilah at a rugby match. Because of the words of it. 0818969696. What have you started, says Esther? But, you know, you do have to question it. Why is so much bad happening to people, good people? Not just accidents, but illnesses. Wonderful people living a good, solid life and then taken by a terminal illness. Yet gang lords and gangsters and rapists and murderers roam the world. If it's a plan of making the world suffer for all the badness in it and God has the mighty powers, why not take the bad guys and leave the good guys? I don't like questioning my faith, but the past three years has been awful for everyone. When will we see something good? Asks Esther. And you know that? You know, that's a thing too. And we've all come across that in our lives. When a young, healthy person with everything going for them or a young parent of young children is taken with cancer or something like that, think about John Paul Ricken and his wife. And she was taken in weeks in Australia with, 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 a, with a devastating cancer and she's only a young woman. You know, why does a merciful God or a loving God allow that to happen? We've all known someone good and decent and kind and brilliant and generous who was taken, just taken, by an illness or an accident or something like that. And you ask yourself the question, why? Why are the scum of the earth allowed to continue doing what they do and the good people are taken. Pat says that Hi PJ, at the start of the Our Father, the priest says, let us pray together as Jesus taught us. The Christian faith is based on the teachings of Jesus, recorded in the Gospels and we've listened to them all of our lives. We shouldn't be pandering to whims from people who want to change it to be trendy. I'm a firm believer that you abide by what you were taught and if people don't want to believe, that's their perspective, says Pat. Thank you for that. That's just a question, though. I, I'm, I was looking it up. I watched it again, the interview with Stephen Fry on The Meaning of Life, and he asks that question. God? Children's cancers? Why? Explain that to me. Justify that to me. Anyway, we pause it there. <laughs> we pause it there before I go down a, down a pothole. Although I might go down a pothole without 
knowing it if I was in Little Island. Haven't been there in a while. But the last time I was down actually near your place, Maxine Hyde, in Ballymaloo Foods in Little Island, the, the, the road wasn't great. And that's a while ago. It's worse it is. There was a sinkhole last week. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thank you. Um, it sure is. It's it's not a pretty sight down here, unfortunately. And and as you say, it's been going on for uh, for many many years now. Mm. So while since, as I said, I was down in that part down near your place, but the road was was as rough as something out of the wild west. And every time you asked, oh, that's going to be surfaced, that's going to be fixed, it hasn't been. No, no, no. Unfortunately, not. Um, and uh, some businesses do here take take it under their own. Um, initiative and, and do a bit of patching up work but um, we really need a, a proper job done and uh, we really uh, need to get it moving, you know. What is the issue? Why is it that there's so many un, unfinished, because that's what they are, unfinished roads down there? Yeah, well I, I suppose it's a it's a problem around Little Island where there was initially management companies set up where they were un, under ownership of, of potentially a developer who's now lo- no longer in business or, or you know, is absent or, or gone into liquidation and uh, so the, the county council don't own it um, but there is no owner or the owner can't be tra- tracked down. Oh. And so the county council no haven't man. taken the area, hasn't, as they say, taken it into charge? No, no. Um, no, not not exactly from their lack of trying, just be, because of, of law and, and you know, policy and processes and... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I often talk, um, I, I often talk, talking to Michael Mulcahy from Little Island Business Association, and I'm very familiar with them because they've emceed their, their annual dinner a couple of times. Great work and great companies and fabulous oh, businesses down yeah. in Midland. And then like yeah. driving like something in the Wild West. Like you're saying it's almost a, a weekly occurrence now that you have to just comfort someone who's lost a tyre or a, a rim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many people get caught by, by, by the potholes. There's, um, as you say, wonderful businesses here. Like we have Value Centre Cash and Carry. We have Easy Living Interiors down here. Um, and it's customers, it's lorry drivers, it's it's staff getting caught, and not just for these businesses, but for residents, because it's a beautiful walking loop you can do here in Little Island um, through this estate. But the pavements are all cracked; none of the street lighting works. Um, and just you know, personally for our own business, um, you know, our entranceway is quite bad. So, and and we we are not meant to fix it, and yet we have to drive. Well, you can't touch it. No, we're not. We're not. No, no. If we if we follow the if we follow the right process, so, we're not. We're not allowed to fix it. So the no. area there in front of your premises, where people mm. park to do business with you, mm. that can go to rack and ruin, and you're not allowed. Let, you're not allowed to do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, yeah. automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if it was under county council control, we could write to the county council and, and ask for permission to fix it. But it, unfortunately, it's it's not yet under. Cork County Council control. So I mean, and and that's because no one actually knows who to go to to take it in. Um, it, yeah, well, it's it's stuck between um, Irish Water are are meant to be taking control of the roads, but it's stuck in the the legal sort of quagmire of oh um, really we need Irish Water um, to step up and 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 help solve this problem. The, I'm not sure if you heard here, but the businesses here in this estate um, 
some of us have got together and we've put forward a solution that we fix the road and we put forward the money to fix the road and then just withhold the same amount from our our annual rates Um, because there's a lot of big businesses here paying big, big rates and when you pay your rates you expect to to have a, a good, decent um, and safe road for, for you know, the car, your staff and also people who are walking or cycling to, to work as well. Yeah. Where was this big sink sinkhole? Um, right in the middle of the, the, the road. To be honest, the road is, it is sinking in, in a number of places and it needs, it needs a big job, you know. Um, but if we could get the big job done, we'd uh, we'd have a, a very very uh, good estate and and okay. welcome new businesses here, you know. All right, all right. We'll see where see where it goes. It's one, it's one we'll follow with interest. It it's def. I always used to think it must be complex. It must be difficult because I know the businesses themselves would never willingly leave the place in that state. No, 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 no. Right. no. And and as a food business, you know, you, you want to have a nice place to bring people and, and showcase your products. And, sure you, do. you know. And, and to the other end, if you go down to where the range is down there and, and some of the other estates, like down yeah, near the they're, NCT, they're, they're, all, they're all pristine, but it's, it's, lovely, it's, it's yeah. at the other end. Yeah, you have the yeah it's, I suppose we're, we're a little bit older, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's an older part of... That's uh, right, yeah. of the little island businesses. And are you near now, uh, the, my job, I always have a kind of a love-hate relationship with Little Island, but to find anything down there, you know, it's, it can be yeah. difficult. How far are you from this new Carrigrenan walk now, Maxine? Oh, we're, we're, we're pretty close. Yeah, we're right. pretty close. Like so that we're, we're that looks gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And, and the playground as well, um, it's nearly fully ready. It's, um, I was actually there last weekend with my toddler, but, um, and we, we were happy to throw a few bob in to, to support that as well. But it's beautiful. Yeah, really nice walk. And, and you see, our um, business estate actually connects to that. So I if see. someone wants to walk or run a bit further, they can do a bigger loop through our um, our business estate, you know? They can, but they risk, they risk well, life and limb on the potholes. Yeah. All right. Maxine, yeah. Maxine, thank you. Thank you. That's Maxine Hyde from Ballymaloo Foods. It's the older end of Little Island is where the problem is. Um, yeah. There's another little island problem, and I don't know if they fixed this. And anyone down there can tell me. Um, I had to go down there. Where was it? It was about a year and a half ago. Would it have been? Yes. Someone phoned me and said that they wanted to gift me something for a favour I'd done for them. This was outside of work now entirely. Somebody I know I'd done a favour for, and they wanted to give me a, a little gift. So they, they sent me a card and it involved going down to Little Island to collect someone, something from a courier, courier company. So I headed off down myself on a Friday afternoon, as you do, put the air code into the navigation on the phone and thought this will sort me out now. Oh, no, it didn't. Oh, no, it didn't. It brought me to somewhere else entirely. So I rang the company and I said, um, where are you? Oh, not you and the air code too. The air codes were all wrong down in Little Island for a while. I was brought to a completely different company on the other side of the block by putting in my air code. They have any number of tr- problems down in Little Island. But great companies down there. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Where am I going? Oh, yes. It's a hundred days today. I heard the Radiothon commercial in the last break there. The Radiothon promo, get your stories in. 
And, and we know how wonderful it is and how much we look forward to it and how much you look forward to being part of it. And it's just a, the highlight of our year. What if I told you? What if I told you that today is the, what day is it? It's the 13th of February. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. But today is 100 days to Radiothon. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Win your way there with Cork's 96FM. Yep, we'll fly you there. Put you up for five nights in a luxury hotel. Give you money to spend. And tickets to see Dermot at the Chelsea at the Cosmopolitan on the 19th of May. What a prize. And we'll fly you back afterwards, just in case you're worried about that too. Aoife is... You're at work at the moment, Aoife. Morning. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Where are you Where are you working? We're in, up in the Cub Foundation in oh, Montanasi. Brilliant. No so we've been on all morning waiting for it. Well, there you go now. So, would you like to go... Have you ever been to Vegas? Never been to Vegas, no. Have you ever seen Dermot live? I've seen Dermot. I say every concert he's, he's played, we've been at that. Oh, brilliant. So you, you saw him in Muzzer last year, did you? Yeah. All right, okay. It was brilliant. So five days in Vegas, hotel, spending money, tickets for Dermot. Would you, would you fancy that, like? I don't know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's the best prize ever. It's unbelievable. Okay. Well, what I got for you here is I have a choice for you. Now, we have to let the machine decide. But would okay. you Would you rather answer a Vegas question or a Dermot question? Probably a Dermot question, but hopefully I'd get either. I don't let, know. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Hold on a second. Oh, it says Vegas. Vegas, typical, go on. I know, I know. This isn't, this isn't a hard I'll try one. it anyway. This isn't a difficult one, right? Who had a hit, Aoife, who had yeah. a hit with Viva Las Vegas? Was it A, Justin Bieber, or B, Elvis Presley? Was it A, Justin, or B, Elvis? Elvis Presley. It was, of course! <laughs> Justin Bieber couldn't get his head around him. <laughs> Viva Las Vegas Yes, yes, Viva Las Vegas A massive hit for the King And of course the King played Elvis Presley played Vegas himself Many, 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 many times You know you can still go to Vegas actually And who would you bring with you on this trip if you won it? Oh my God, I don't know. There'd be a fight for that if I won it, I'd say. Would there, be, there wouldn't be a boyfriend around, is there? All my friends love him as well, so uh, we'd have to do some sort of yeah. compromise. Because you know if you go to Fingers Vegas, cast. if you bring a partner to Vegas, you can get Elvis to marry you. No way! Yeah, you can, yeah. There's, there's loads of churches in, in Vegas and they actually... All the Elvis impersonators. Oh, yeah, you can actually get Elvis to marry you and sing and sing the wedding as well. It's cast. Hopefully, I wouldn't know. I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, you are a quali- you've qualified for the draw. All I don't right. need to keep texting a million times anymore. So no, anyway. you're in there. You're in there. Tell your friends. Thank to you keep so much. We'll try and fill the plane with you and your friends. Aoife, thank you very much. That's Aoife at work at the Cove Foundation. Aoife Chat is her name. Nice name. And uh, back, she's back with the, their lads in case you need any more. That's how it works. That's how it works. We'll play the song of the day every day. And then we'll have the go at the quiz. You'll decide, or the machine will decide. The machine will decide for you whether it's a Vegas question or a Dermot question today. It was a Vegas, a Vegas question. What will it be tomorrow? You'll have to find out. Simon will also give you a lash of this later in the day. Another go off it. And this is the one you're listening for. So kiss me the way that you Yeah, sending you and a friend to Vegas.
for five nights to see Dermot Kennedy. Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Now it was a great afternoon watching the rugby on Saturday. My 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 daughter and myself had been at the rugby uh, the same weekend last year, and in Dublin, and we were watching it. I was at home screaming at the telly, and she was at work screaming at the laptop to watch Ireland and France on Saturday afternoon. The buzz, the atmosphere—I'd say it was absolutely fantastic. The 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 next big home game. Uh, this season for the for the Six Nations is Ireland v England, and it'll be the closing day, the eighteenth of March, thirty-two days from now. Yes, I know, thirty-two days from now, Ireland v England at the Aviva. We're not even going to try to go. It's Patrick's weekend, and I'll be away anyway. So, like the excitement and the buzz is building already. Tim, you were watching the match Saturday, and you decided right. I, I'd, I'd like to bring herself there for. The England game. So you went looking for tickets. Morning. Morning. Firstly, before we start, Jake, I'd like to congratulate you and the team on your fabulous results. Oh, thank you so Number much. One. Thank you. The old team all together again. Congratulations <laughs> to you. It's gas, isn't it? Yeah. My beloved is a mad rugby fan. Right. When Munster play or when Ireland play, she becomes a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Our wedding anniversary is the 2nd of April. I said, wouldn't it be a nice treat to know if I could get two tickets for that? And either send her sister or my, uh, and herself up, or myself and herself up, if she'd take me. <laughs> and it would be a real surprise. So I went online anyway and said, I'd make a few phone calls, see if I get tickets, no sign of anything. One person decided to describe them as getting unicorn hair would be easier yeah. than getting two tickets for this match. So, I went online and, and the next thing I got a shock of my life. One ticket in what they classify as category two, which is probably up on the god gods. Mm. No, they're decent one, enough seats actually. They're decent seats. I've been in them. Yeah. Are they? They are, yeah. Well, they're decent enough in this category two. Okay. One thousand three hundred and fifty. They're not that decent. <laughs> and then in category one, for one ticket they wanted three thousand three hundred. That, that's that's premium. Said, that's premium, yeah. So, yeah. So I then looked around at all the others, and they weren't far off. So I then I said sneakily, I said, you know what, now, I've gone to the UK site and see, could I pick anything in the UK? And I went to the attitude of England versus Ireland rather than Ireland versus England. Clever boy, you know Tim. Right? And they were the same kind of money, £1,250 mm. and £3,000. And I said, you know what? I'm going to pull out Facebook and say that if anyone has one, I'll buy them off you. i give you a reason. I don't mind anyone making a profit. I've no problem in that. And, and Tim, sorry, was this the official ticket website? Like, this wasn't a... Somewhere oh, no. Read no. by them, no, this no. Was, no, this was a ticket holder or a ticket crowd, you know? It wasn't like RNLI or any of those. You didn't They're go through the IRFU for tickets or anything like that, no? I tried. They're all sold out. They're all sold out. Ah, yeah, these are, these are totes. Yeah, there you go. Well, they are, but I mean, you just can't get them anywhere else. Yeah. They're just not available. I yeah. mean, obviously, you think of all the things. It's uh, a Grand Slam, hopefully, match. Hopefully, yeah. It's England, our old nemesis. Yes, in, yes. In, in Dublin. Although, I would suggest, Tim, that they'll be more afraid of us than we'll be of them this year. 
Oh, listen now, listen, don't ever underestimate Oh, them. I know, I'm just watching, like, I watched him against Italy yesterday, I watched him against Scotland, like, I haven't, I'm, this is one rugby fan talking to another now, yes, yeah. we have to go out there and win every game, but I haven't seen anything in the six matches I've watched over the last two weekends that we need to be fearful of if we turn up and play. Well, I'd be more afraid of Scotland than I would of England. You're dead right. That guy, Vandermeer, you're going to need a truck to stop him. Oh, fabulous player. Isn't he brilliant? I, Brilliant player, absolutely poetry in motion. But I mean, you know, England have done it before. They've taken it out under our nose. They have. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play as favourite because the last thing that happens with us, if we're favourite, we get a kick in the behind, we fall down. This is Whereas true. If we go in equals or the underdog, we fight and fight and fight. We sure do. So, but I'm just saying, all the things that are pointing towards it, it would be a Grand Slam match. It would be against England. And it would be in Dublin. Yes. And it's the last match of the series. I mean, come on. When but, are you ever going to get that again? But three three grand for it, no. Or 50, no. 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 <laughs> no way. You'd, in fact, you'd expect to be flown first class to Twickenham for that, like. Well, you'll probably see it. Okay, you won't have the atmosphere. And there's no denying that. But you'll probably see it better on the TV in some ways. Do you know what? I know where I'll be that day. And I have every intention of, of I'll probably get barred out of one of my favourite pubs in the country for roaring at the telly that day. I know, we'll all be the same. <laughs> I mean, I've taken Rosemary to a few rugby matches over the years. Yeah. And I remember my son, John, uh, and herself and myself, we went to a match and we had a two and a one. Mm. So I decided to be diplomatic anyway. And also being clever, I let John and herself sit in the two and I sat in the one. Yes. And I met them at half time, and John said, You never told me she's mad. When it comes to the match, she'll <laughs> jumping up and down, Refi, you're blind. <laughs> you know? I mean, she's a quiet, easygoing person, other than that. I'd, fit, I'd say she was fit to choke Wayne Barnes over, over that, that yellow that should have been a red. Yes, yes, yes. That was a very bad, dirty, that was a dirty track. Oh, he nearly took the head off the poor devil. Yeah, he only took yeah. the head off the poor devil. He did. And you? I mean, he was a big guy. The guy that, you know, that's like one. was like running into a truck. All right. Well, if anyone has a, a a pair of properly priced tickets that they're willing to sell to you, come here. You'll be you'll be busy this week. This is you don't have time to be buying rugby tickets this week. You you queue out the door for Valentine's. Love, love is in the air. Yeah, Tuesday, and I mean it. It, is, it has grown a bit. I mean, we see a lot of guys now on their own. If they're proposing, they come in, they buy a promise ring, and then they propose to her, then they bring her in afterwards. There's a lot of... A promise ring? Yeah. You see, a lot of fellas are nervous that they'll pick the wrong thing, or are they even the worst thing? These, didn't, say, these no. didn't exist in my day. What's a promise ring? It's a ring they give them, which looks like an engagement ring, but isn't an engagement ring. Right. And it doesn't have diamonds in it. Right. Right. So it's just like a promise that we get engaged. I see. Yeah. So just so they go down on the one knee and say, "Will you marry me?" And yeah, and she says, "Oh, I will, of course." Yeah, great, lovely thing. And then she gets this little what? Is it? Is it plastic or? 
No, no. Usually it's gold or silver. It's it's no. It's more an intent. It's like um, a pin, you know, like they use the Americans to do. They pin the girlfriend or whatever. It's an intent for going to go in and get engaged with her, you know? Right, okay, okay. Come here. Yeah, a lot of fellas are afraid they'll pick the wrong thing. I mean, oh, yeah. one of the things I always say to the girls, if you get a guy in the zone, sell him the hottest, newest thing we have. Because he'll go home, the girlfriend will look at it, she'll say, all oh, right, that's hot, that's fashionable. Or if he goes home, they've sold him a pound. She look at it to say, hmm, this place took advantage of him anyway. <laughs> they're much more they're mu- they're much more pushy than we used to be. Um what's this about a Fergal has given me a title here of a, a thing called a push ring. What's that? What? A push ring. A present from hobby after you push out the child. Yeah. It's an eternity. Where is that one? I, yeah. She's making very smart. Push ring. That's a kind of a slang for it. It's an eternity ring. That's what it's called. And it's usually five diamonds. I will love you always. I see. And they kind of, that was the one that De Beers came up with the slang, the slogan many years ago. It's like the trilogy ring was I love you with the three stones. You know? <laughs> I see. Clever marketing. But oh. I mean, that was the joke always. You got the push ring, you know? Tim, do you know what? I'm only glad I got married and sorted years ago without all this going on. But listen, have a good Valentine's Day to you and all in your industry. And and I hope you get those tickets. I hope you do. And listen, congratulations on your results. Thank you. And thank you so much for even thinking of me on this. Thank you. I intend to be in one of my favourite pubs in the whole country. And the chances are I'll get barred out of it. (laughs) I know I will. If if I do, I made a complete idiot of myself Saturday afternoon, just in the front room, on my own. I hadn't a supper drink taken. And I was crouching like a fool at the telly, shouting and roaring on my own. I didn't mean a full pub if we're going to win a Grand Slam. 0818969696. Speaking of Valentine's Day, we might we'll do this again tomorrow. We'll mention this again tomorrow. Uh, now, now it is becoming a thing that you buy flowers for fellas. It was always men bought them for women. I'll come back to this tomorrow. But it seems to be a trend now of men getting flowers. That's Michelle's jewelers. Michelle's jewelers and Tim. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle's jewelers. Tim Keane. Um. Flowers for fellas. Um, I get flowers off my missus. I do. My missus buys me flowers in the summertime. She'll buy a sunflower for me in a pot because I love sunflowers. But I've never heard of fellas getting uh, flowers for Valentine's Day. But it does seem, according to Mark Garvey, who's a florist at Dublin's Adonis Flower Designers, that men are now the recipients of more flowers, far more flowers than they used to be. It's something we can come back to. It's Tim Keane of Michelle's Jewelers, just to correct that. Slip of the tongue. Apologies. Right, that's it. Programme edited by Imar O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. Where did you meet now? How did you meet that you met someone from Cork, you're from Scotland, and then you ended up coming back here? So what was the 
scenario? Uh, I was uh, I was playing poker at the Irish Poker Open in uh, Dublin. Okay. And, uh, and we met there. She spotted me from across the table or so the story goes. And you give she her the spotted po- you or she spotted your hand? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> both, both more than likely. That guy's got a royal flush. Hey, 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 hey Scotty, come over here. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.